thank you for joining us today on the Leadership Cafe, where we talk to extraordinary people leading remarkable uh, businesses. Uh, we're your hosts, Michael Couch. And Richard Citrin. And you know, in times of change, like we're all experiencing, it's important to turn to some of our finest leaders and find out how they're directing their businesses and contributing to their communities to make everything just a little bit better. We need, I know we need a lot better, but we're just taking things step by step here. And what we're seeing among our best clients and CEOs that we've been interviewing is that they're realigning their workforce strategies. They're reaching out and connecting to their customers and clients in new ways. They're reacting quickly and are being agile in how they are addressing these issues and are appreciating the jobs being done by frontline workers uh, who are taking actions to help out our community to deal with what has been a very challenging 2020. Yeah, and before we uh, dive in and meet our guest, uh, uh, we really want to thank our sponsor, Vaco, a, a global talent solutions company, for their sponsorship and support of the of the podcast. Thank you, Vaco. Well, today uh, our special guest is uh, Nancy Kukovic. Uh, Nancy is the CEO of uh, Delphi USA. Uh, thank you for joining us, and welcome to the Leadership Cafe, Nancy. Well, thank you very much. Happy to be here. Good. Well, let's uh, start off, if you don't mind, uh, by having you tell us a little bit about uh, yourself and uh, your, your uh, how, the, how you ended up at Adelphi USA as the CEO, and then a little bit about the company. Okay, well, um, I've been at Adelphi almost 10 years now. Hard to believe. I still think about it as my new job. Uh, <laughs> I've worked in human services my whole life uh, from direct care. I guess my first job was working uh, with abused and neglected kids, um, worked at the state level, worked at the County Commissioners Association, ran the United Way of Pennsylvania. So I've done a whole bunch of different things. And then I landed on the board of Adelphi. Uh, was thoroughly enjoying my job at the United Way and um, being on the board. And the then CEO, well, we went through a bunch of very strange, difficult changes at Adelphi. Um, and the then CEO was there about two years and said to me one day at lunch, you should succeed me. Um, and so the one thing I was sure about is that I was going to end my career at the United Way. And so here I am at Adelphi 10 years later. Um, Adelphi is a, uh, we're almost 50 years old. We provide services to abused, neglected, and delinquent kids. That's that is our sole mission. We don't dabble uh, in anything else. We have a very wide continuum of care. 650 employees provide services from adoption, services in the community, school, charter school, um, all the way up through a number of different kinds of residential programs. And uh, probably the most intense is our secure uh, treatment facilities of which we have five. We're located in Latrobe, Pennsylvania. Um, and it's just a, it's a great place to work. I love the people there. I love the mission. Um, and, and so far it's been, it's been great for me. Yeah. And Nancy, you have locations all across uh, the state of Pennsylvania for the most part, right? We do. We're in about 30 different counties. We, um, have contracts with 64 of 67 counties and we provide services to probably three or four other states. Ah, so, Nancy, when you think about the challenges that have been going on the past several months around, obviously, the pandemic, but also issues around racial justice and, and equity, uh, what, what have you seen in the leadership of your organization, your, your leadership team, 
that's that's impressed you and has told you that you know we're on the right path. We're we're doing things well. What what kinds of things have you seen? Well, you know, it's you'd love to focus on one thing, and that somehow never happens. Um, <laughs> so this has been a real stretch situation for staff, um, certainly for me as well. But as we um, we're very busy, focused on COVID-19, trying to figure out how to keep our, our, our staff safe, all of our kids safe, and it is a bit of a stretch. Um, along comes all of the information and stuff on TV and within our own organization about um, social justice. We are an agency, half of our kids are in the juvenile justice system in some way. Um, the kids that we serve have all met cops. Uh, something like 40% of them have seen some violent action, somebody with a gun shoot somebody. Um, so it's personal. It's not just something that's out there that the radio and TV is talking about. It's something that our kids are witnessing. And then we have our staff. Um, we have staff, not as many persons of color as we would like, but we certainly have in some of our areas quite a few people who are um, members of various ethnic groups, et cetera. And so it's, um, it's a focus right now of what can we do to make sure that our services, our programs are the right thing for the kids that we serve, for the staff that we have, um, and then I think we're going to venture outside of our comfort zone and start looking at things like maybe we ought to be taking positions on housing. Maybe we ought to be doing more about finding good jobs for the kids that, that work with us. Um, we've already had some success over the last several years with a pre-college program to any, um, any child who has ever been a part of Adelphi. That was sort of our pay it forward, can we help them? find a better life. Uh, but now, gee, maybe we should be talking to the legislature about what it is that our staff and, and kids experience. And maybe Adelphi has a, has a mission that's broader than providing the services that we contract with counties to provide. Mm -hmm. Wow, wow. So the, uh, Nancy, as you think back on, on your own career, and the experiences that you've been through, is there, has there been anything that you experienced in the past or that you've learned in the past that you think helped you in addressing the current challenges? Well, I think, um, I think about all of the people that helped me along the way. I mean, I, I was fortunate to be the youngest person. I'm the oldest person in all the rooms, but I was for many, many years the youngest person in the, the rooms at the tables where I was meeting. And I got to work with some really extraordinary people who, uh, were, who, who really encouraged me and were willing to listen to me and take time. Um, so that is absolutely a part of who I am today. But I think the other thing is, is um, um, stretch, you know? Mm. Just being, I remember the, the first job I had as the CEO, executive director of an organization. I was so overwhelmed that there were days I would take my book in the car and I would read. I just couldn't, <laughs> I, I just didn't know what to do at work. I had three or four people, all of whom were older than me. It wasn't clear what our mission was and it was just totally overwhelming, but it was a stretch. And, you know, I like that. I find that 
I do best sometimes when I'm in a situation that requires a lot. And, and while it's tough at that moment, those are the things that I think your professional life is made of. So I, I have a lot of confidence now. So COVID is here. Yeah, okay. If, if anybody can figure out figure it out, me and my team can. Wow, great. Well, you know, and that's uh, that's a theme that we've heard through all the discussions we've had with the CEOs is it's it's the they're having navigated a challenging experience in the past uh, really helps when something new and different and challenging comes along. I, I kind of think it's fun. <laughs> great, great, great. Some people would say that probably not that much fun, but I think as Mike said, that's one of the things that distinguishes leaders is they look at those situations and say, oh, this is fascinating. I, I can learn that's something, it. try out things. Yep, that's it. It's like, wow, this is interesting. Well, what, what can we do? What have we tried before that sort of worked? What kind of new things? And then for me, because I've been around for a while, it's like, who else can I access? Who might know something about uh, this that we can call them right now and get them on the phone and see if they can help us? Excellent. I bet people are gen generally and genuinely wanting to help when you reach out to them with uh, issues and concerns. Well, it's, you know, I think my mother said, don't ever burn a bridge. And that is certainly, uh, that has certainly worked out well for me. I mean, I can reach back 20 years and call somebody up. I did it just the other day. And they said, absolutely, of course, we'll get on the phone. So, you know, I, I really believe um, in keeping all of my contacts going to. I am constantly reaching out, uh, saying hi to somebody, you know, hear something about them, see something they've done. And um, I really try always to spend half an hour a day just pushing my emails back and forth, trying to trying to connect and reconnect. Nancy, you have a very strong background in connecting to uh, state government. Um, is that a special skill, do you think, for CEOs to have in terms of really the influence? And they probably can't be a more difficult group to try to influence than state legislators. Um, what's the background of you? And, and is that uh, what do you think leaders should be thinking about in relationship to that kind of influence? Well, they are a difficult group. Um, one was so difficult I had to marry him. So <laughs> you know, that's, that, that only works once or twice. But, um, you know, I think that my, um, my experience as a social worker is really what made me a good lobbyist and what continues to help me today in talking to people. I, I guess I view myself as a translator. Um, so I'm here on this platform, you're over there on that platform. What do I need to do to get us both on the same platform? How do I explain it? How do I get them to empathize? Um, how do I understand their point of view so that I can speak to them in a way that, um, that they'll understand? But I think it is, I think it's really important. And I, I'm pushing a piece of legislation right now sat down last week and um, sent emails out to the House and Senate members that I know. And I thought I'd kind of lost touch. It's been a long time since I was there, but I was really surprised at how many people I knew and how many of them started in county government once upon a time when I was at the Commissioners Association. And now they're in a position where maybe they can help me a little bit more. And so far they all remember me and um, are happy to help. So. You just have to keep working those contacts. Yes. Yeah. 
And you make a point that we've heard uh, along the way too, is you need to be working on your network all the time because you never know when you're going to need it. You can't yep. turn on, you can't create a network out of the out of the blue in an emergency situation. So that's an excellent, excellent point. Yeah, as I, I think I, about what I'm doing for my staff to move them into leadership roles. So what is yeah. it that I do that maybe they don't know or don't do? One of the puzzles has been, how do I introduce them to my network? How do I um, start to share with them all of the different people? You know, I don't, I don't want to spend time telling stories, but I do find that I, I tell stories about people as I introduce them to staff people so that they can understand how important it is that you're able to go back and access all these folks and bring them along with you. Excellent, excellent. I guess, so, we can't, I guess we can't make Alan a polygamist. That wouldn't work probably. <laughs> no, I don't think so. But I sure do use his contacts. I do every once in a while say, hey, do you think you, you know? could get me in to see so-and-so? And he says, sure. So that yeah. helps too. And I certainly use that. I'll say, I don't know if you remember me, but you remember my husband. Oh, of course they do. So. Uh yeah, so if, uh, for those of you who don't know, uh, 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 Nancy married and uh, her husband, uh, who's a retired senator, Alan Kukovich. So that that's great to be have that network to to link into. Uh, Nancy, so a number of your employees had to move to working remotely. Have, have you found any secrets to, to building strong relationships when your teams are remote? Well, we, we say all the time, we're so lucky that the executive team was well established before we had to you know, fling uh, ourselves to the four corners of the world. It, it really has helped. I think my job now is more communicating with them all than it was before. I am constantly touching base to see if they've talked to somebody else, if they've heard that person's perspective. Um, I think working remotely, it's easy to get your head into something and you go full speed ahead and you have kind of forgotten that the person next door would wander in every once in a while and say, hey, what do you think about this? Yeah. You know, it takes a special effort to call people up and say, so what do you think? And have you thought about this before? So I, I think that's my job right now is connecting all of these people that are all over the place and making sure that we are all still on the same page. I communicate more. I, 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 I do a blog every Friday to all staff throughout Adelphi, telling them what I know about COVID, letting them know where we are in terms of who's, I don't say the names, but who's got it. Um, we talk about uh, policies that they need to think about. I encourage them to wash their hands and pay attention to their face mask, um, you know, salute things that are going on well, but I, I think you have to amp up your communication. Right, right, well, uh, and, uh... Adelphi was part of uh, some global research that we did with a partner looking at the organization's responses to the uh, to the crisis. And uh, what, we, what we heard loud and clear is those organizations that uh, were making a difference really focused on communications, uh, making sure and uh, being proactive about it and being constant about it. So that, that's a that's clearly a theme. Yep. Yeah, we were very happy with our results. Um, our staff said, we believe that the leadership cares about us. We believe yes. that the information we get from them is accurate. We believe we can do our jobs with the tools that they've given us. So all of that really good because we were sure trying hard. You know, Nancy, you talked a little bit earlier about the racial equity and justice issues and that so many of your clients are 
uh, you'll have have the experiences that that we've read about and and seen on the news and and I'm wondering about how your staff whether you've done training with your staff or how have you prepared your staff for addressing and understanding uh, you know the the best kind of responses or or good listening skills or exactly how have they uh, how have they tried to address these issues with the well, we we have put together a plan of how we're going to deal with this. We've talked to um, the general. I mean, we've been sending out communications to all of our staff people, and we've started a listening tour. So, mm. my first, uh, the first thing that is in our plan is that it is time for us to sit back and listen for a while. Um, mm. We need to find out what people are thinking about, and. We've done a couple of listening sessions already, and the executive team was reviewing the information from them yesterday, and it's been really valuable. Um, we, we are hearing about some programmatic changes that we should think about for our, for our kids. Uh, for example, um, that we're not providing them with the kind of hygiene project products that they, need in order to take care of their hair mm -hmm. uh, and we you know sort of like well gee how about that you know how dumb are we so that was something we changed right away but we've also been listening to staff um, persons of color who have been telling us not so much about what it's like to work at Adelphi but telling us about what it's like to live in the community that they're living in um, the idea of being always under scrutiny um, every time they walk into a store, wondering what people are thinking about them. What a heavy burden. Yeah. So it's been really interesting listening to people as they talk about it. Um, the sense that I get so far is that Adelphi is a great place to work. Um, we can do better. And when we pay more attention, to diversity, inclusion, and equity, it will make us a stronger company. So that's a happy message for me to hear rather than you guys are really screwing it up. Um, people have been really great so far about sharing what they think and um, um, how they think we can improve. I think the, the bigger question for me is given where we're located in Latrobe, what kind of training can we provide our staff and it's going to have to be more than training it's uh you know the, the baked in bolted on i mean you, you yeah, call yeah. it anything you want but it, yeah. it needs to be more than a course that we all get and you know of course we all get means starting with the executive team so we'll see we're gonna we're gonna look at bias we've got at our next Excellent. supervisor meeting which starts which is september 4th we have an outside speaker coming in to talk about it and we expect to spend a good amount of time at that supervisor meeting talking about um, the biases that we all carry around and what they and we think we can do about it. So I, I'm excited. I, I think it's great. And I, as, an, as a longtime lobbyist, um, I am really excited about moving Adelphi forward a little bit in getting out of just treatment to abuse, neglected, and delinquent kids and starting to say, yeah, but what is their environment like? What do we need to be advocating for? We're yeah. big guys now. What what should we be saying out there? It's uh, it's a lot more than just um, uh, just helping helping and treating these kids. It's really it's really about 
moving society ahead. It and, is. And looking, mm -hmm. looking for the opportunities to do that. Yeah, I mean, sending, you know, spending time with these kids and then sending them back to places where they will never get a job that earns a living wage. I mean, what sense does that make? Yeah. So we, we have a we have a lot of work to do. And I, the other thing is, you know, we're going to re-examine all of all of the um, um, career readiness stuff that we do. You know, why are we why are we sending our kids to jobs um, like working in in restaurants and things where they're going to get ten dollars an hour or less? We, we need to be thinking about sending our kids to jobs where there's a career path. So we're we're relooking at we're we're going to completely review what it is that we're doing. The, the soft skills are great and they're going to be important no matter where a kid goes. Well, Nancy, we, there are some other things that we ought to be worrying about. Well, Nancy, we want to thank you for joining us today. This has been uh, an amazing conversation. I want you to share with people the uh, Delphi website. Uh, folks may want to certainly should want to make a donation to the work you're doing. Where, where would be a good place for them to uh, connect and uh, be able to Help, help you help you and the team on their mission? Oh, we would love for them to go to the Adelphi website. It's just Adelphi, A-D-E-L-P-H-O-I, um, and you can get there .org, .com. I think there's any number of, of things there. And we have a new section on our website called First Match, which is a really exciting product that we're working on. We're trying to make sure that every child gets to the right place the first time instead of four or five or six times. So we would encourage people to look at that too. We're just kind of getting it out and doing test drives with it lately. Great, well, we'll, we'll wanna get you back on when you get that uh, going a little later in the year or even next year and hear more about that. Mark Mortimer would be great too. Oh, right. Yeah. 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 Well, okay. Nancy, as a thank, thank you for joining us. Joining we're gonna send you a copy of our new book, which I know you already have a copy of, but we're going to send you one anyway. And I'd love it. We also want to thank our sponsor, Vaco, for helping us make the Leadership Cafe a great place to meet some remarkable leaders uh, in our community and beyond. And remember that, remember that you can listen to this podcast wherever fine podcasts are found, including, <laughs> including my <laughs> website, <laughs> my website, as well as the Vaco website, vaco.com. And I'm Richard Citrin. And I'm Michael Couch. Thank you, Nancy. And uh, we look forward to seeing everyone uh, on the next uh, edition of the Leadership Cafe. Wash your hands. <laughs> <laughs>